Your personal brand starts with your appearance, and what you wear says everything about you to others. You've heard a dress for the job you want? Well, we're talking to fashion experts on creating an authentic look to attract the life you want on the Style Interpreted Podcast. Welcome to the Style Interpreted Podcast. I'm your host, Alicia Dale. Today, I'm joined by founder and CEO of Grace and Ivory, Tina Wong. Welcome. Thanks, Alicia. It's so great to have you here, Tina. You have such a fascinating career history. Can you? You didn't actually start in wedding dress design. How did? How did you start your your career before you got into this entrepreneurial venture? <laughs> well, it was a very. It was a. It's a, been a winding path, but I think, kind of bringing me to the values that I think represent uh, myself and business and my business today. Uh, but before this, I actually worked in D.C. I was working for nonprofits and foreign aid, mainly uh, USAID-funded um, nonprofits, um, and I worked specifically in business development. So a little bit different, but taught me a lot. And that took you all over the world. It did take me all over the world. Uh, as part of working with Plan International, they are a child-focused organization working with some of the world's neediest children, and they have um, a federation structure. So they have country offices, and I would go and work with those offices to help them um, put together some of our efforts to implement uh, programs in countries in Asia, Latin America, and Africa. So um, it was fascinating. It does sound fascinating. It also sounds like quite a, a grueling travel schedule. It, it was. And so from about 2012 to 2016, I did travel almost every four to six weeks. Um, and the thing is, is with USAID proposals, you don't necessarily know when they're going to drop. And so sometimes um, they would be released and it we would figure out with our team to, you know, drop things and go somewhere like Ethiopia. Uh, and then I'd spend three weeks in Ethiopia working with the team. But I really loved it. I got to work with a lot of our local staff and experience a different culture and, you know, ideally give back, which was the point. It sounds amazing. It also sounds like it can be kind of hard on the body, all that traveling. How did you take care of yourself physically? And those are really long flights. Well, I I do think that well-being um, and being balanced is important to me. Uh, I definitely tried to keep at least a day-to-day schedule of, you know, just trying to work out and take time to either journal or try to meditate. I'm not great at it. Um, but trying to be balanced. But it did, you know, I think take a toll. So which is uh, after that, I think I did, I did have – a moment where I realized that I didn't want to necessarily contribute or do that type of job for the rest of my life. And so um, in that time, it was a little serendipitous as I ended up uh, moving to Beijing and took some time off um, to find some better balance. Nice. And then how did you actually come across the wedding and dress design business? In Beijing. <laughs> um, so this was actually the idea and concept of Grace and Ivory came to me a little bit before I moved. Um, so I, you know, I used to be married. And while I was shopping for my wedding dress, um, I realized that 
I felt that the way to shop for a wedding dress didn't quite fit with me. And I really wanted some more made to measure customizable options. So for me, and the biggest thing too, is the brands out there that I uh, resonated with as a more independent working woman, it wasn't quite there. So for me, I was like, oh, I really wish there was a dress brand that was made to measure, customizable within an affordable price range that or a reasonable price range for me. Um, and then also that gave, well, that gave back. So I always have been a little bit more entrepreneurial and I've, you know, during the time of maybe thinking about where I wanted to go in my career, I really wanted to start a social enterprise. And I didn't want to just start a social enterprise that was about, oh, I'm going to, you know, sell t-shirts and then give back because I really wanted to have a viable business. So, you know, pun intended, I kind of wed these two (laughs) concepts together and um, I had the concept for Grace and Ivory. But then at that point, I was like, well, I don't know anything about, you know, wedding dresses or it's more about the supply chain. I do think that I have an eye for design, which is why I design, but it was because I moved to Beijing, which is why I say it's serendipitous, is um, I was able to really explore and learn more about the team that I work with directly to make our dresses. That's amazing. So for people who are not familiar with kind of the traditional wedding dress experience, you go to a shop, they give you a size that probably won't fit you. And then they have some things in inventory that you may or may not like. And then once you order your dress, there's a lot of um, alterations, correct? Correct. I I do, you know, to give them a little bit of credit, there there are different ways to buy a wedding dress. And I think the biggest thing about it is just educating yourself on the mm-hmm. different ways. So yes, you can shop where there's off the rack inventory. Um, there's a lot of made to order and standard sizing. Um, and typically, a shop will work with a designer or wholesaler where they will order a dress to usually your biggest measurement and then you do need to alter it down in other ways so the difference here is uh grace and ivory is our dresses are made to measure and customizable so made to measure is we're making a dress that is made to a set of your proportions which is really great for especially my petite brides or you know we're all different shapes and sizes Uh, So to bring a little bit uh, more of a custom dress experience at a different kind of price point. Yeah, I can see that. And also the brides get to order the dress and have it delivered to their home, correct? And see if they like it. So there's a kind of a try before you buy experience. Yes, Yes, there is a try before you buy experience. Uh, What I really wanted to create too was an accessible nationwide brand. So we are based here in Chicago and we have our showroom. Uh, But I also wanted to bring an experience of a different way to try on a high quality, beautiful wedding gown. And so in 2019, I built out our try at home program. So it was really just focusing on every detail and part of the process. But a bride can go to our website, look at our collection, our pricing is there and transparent. um, And then you can also click try on at home. And so right now, you know, we're building it out more, but we have samples in 4, 10 and 16. And so you select like your size range. So if you're between a size uh, 6 to 10, let's say I'm an 8, Um, I'll get sent a size 10 sample just so you can see that and clip it. Um, And you just 
go on our website, you click try at home, your size range, the three dates you'd like to have the dress, um, and you check out, it's $25 a dress uh, just to help us cover shipping charges, but then that's credited towards your dress purchase. But, uh, you know, not everyone wants to go into a shop and have, uh, you know, either you're too busy, maybe you live in a rural area where there's really limited options, or you simply don't want to have, you know, you want to shop differently for your dress. And so I just wanted to give other options as well. How much time does somebody have to plan for to order their dress? from the time they select it to the time they'll have it delivered generally? That's a great question. So generally, timelines can be pretty long. If you're doing made-to-order, a lot of times people are shopping, I think, 9 to 16 months in advance. Um, And so... It can, you know, you don't necessarily know what you want to wear that far ahead of time. So people can opt to shop off the rack and then you can get your dress a little bit closer to your wedding date. Uh, With ours specifically, we usually ask to order at least five to six months before your wedding, if not. And if you do customize, then you do need a little bit more time uh, because it is a whole process and it's a specialty garment that you're not usually ordering. That makes a lot of sense. When you were in Beijing, you actually got to meet the people that were making the dresses. What was that experience like, and what did you learn? So I do, my main partner in Beijing, uh, I am so grateful for I learned a lot. And I think when I went to her, so what happened is I designed my reception dress for my wedding with her. And then I went to her with the idea. I was like, look, I've had this concept for a brand, and I don't know anything about wedding dresses, but I want to learn, and I want to start this brand. Will you support me, and will you partner with me on this? And so once she said yes, it was kind of one of those moments that I think a lot of entrepreneurs have uh, that is like, I have to at least try this and see because I know in five years or sooner, I would be asking myself, what if? So I... Um, I worked with her to build the concept of Grace and Ivory and, you know, by myself in Beijing, but it was actually uh, going to her studio every week and just learning. I was, I was just trying to soak in. I was like, I have more of the business side and different pieces, but you don't know what you don't know. And so I was really trying to learn about the process and then also visiting the bigger work, you know, uh, factory or production space of where those dresses were and also to make sure like it's human beings making these on the other side even if they're made abroad and so um, just really learning the different stages uh, about design patterning and um, and just like the supply chain. You mentioned something interesting about a reception wedding dress. Brides are often wearing two or three styles on their wedding day. Um, how, how do you accommodate for that flexibility so that a bride can have a reception dress and maybe one for the ceremony? Uh, yes, actually, a number of our brides work with us on two different looks. Um, and it has become popular, especially as, you know, you might want to wear Uh, something for your ceremony that is a lot bigger or grand and then for your reception just kind of change into something else. It also, you know, you want different kinds of photos. Um, I have worked with brides to do two different looks. It's either two of our classics, like from our core collection. Uh, We also do uh, custom short dresses. Um, And then also what I'm starting to experiment with and what I'm wearing today is I'm personally wearing a 
like a, a corset bodysuit top. And then I'm look at I'm experimenting with um, different skirts and things to switch them out. So I mean, it's nothing <laughs> super inventive. It is bridal separates, but also creating pieces that they can wear beyond their wedding day. And I think that could be a really fun concept. So that is a work in progress. Definitely. You talk about um, bootstrapping your business. So you did not go and pitch venture capitalists or you didn't go get big loans. How, how did you how did you create this? Um, so I am self-funded. I did. I had the luxury and opportunity to build Grace and I recently. I actually had I, I continued to work in the D.C. space or in the foreign aid space, at least. Um, as a consultant and part-time up until actually last year. And so I think the biggest thing is uh, for anyone building a business is you don't want to build a business uh, coming from a place of a scarcity mindset. And I think that is really important. And so I really want to set myself up where I didn't have to worry about my personal finances. Um, And it's a mix of a few different things. And so also... I decided to bootstrap um, and I could build slowly. So it was at first it was about, uh, you know, building the brand, like logo, website, name, uh, figuring out what I really wanted to do. And then, of course, like product market fit. I was like, okay, I I love the concept of made to measure dresses. I think I have some really beautiful designs or at least a good eye for design and designing with my partner. And so when we had our initial collection, I was like, okay, do people even want to buy these? So I would... Um, do pop-up shops in uh, mainly DC. I did one in San Francisco and then I was doing some different collaborations. And so that is how I sold my first few dresses. It was before we established the try at home. But then once I was like, okay, people really love these dresses and it's something that we can do as a business. Then it was like moving on to the next stage is like, well, I really want to build out a try at home program because I think it would be awesome to have a different way of how people shop. Um, And so in terms of the funding, I didn't really want to go the venture capital route. I did a lot of research on businesses essentially being over leveraged. This is a more traditional market, right? I'm not necessarily a tech venture or anything. I think that, you know, it's more of kind of reinventing or freshening up a more traditional market. Um, And so there's a longer product cycle. And so I didn't think I could really... I, I felt like there was a mismatch in terms of probably wanting to meet goals of certain investors and I didn't want to like be like have to answer to them. So um, I did have to build out the try at home. I did do a small friends and family round and that helped fund that round. Uh, but now it's um, just kind of, you know, I, I looking at authentic growth is important to me. That makes a lot of sense. I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, think that there's only one way and not leveraging yourself or coming from a scarcity mindset makes so much sense. You also did some crowdsourcing. Uh, yes. I, I fund me. Was that it? Uh, yes. I, I fund, fund women. women. So mm-hmm. there are a ton of great resources in the community for small business. So um, there in Chicago, I've worked with the Women's Business Development Center And so in 2021 to 2022, uh, there is a great resource called Kiva. So that is, um, you know, a 0%, like no interest loan, small business loan. So my first small business loan was through Kiva and I was introduced 
to that through the Women's Business Development Center here in Chicago. Um, I also worked with uh, DePaul University has the Women's Entrepreneurship Institute. I applied for their seventh cohort and was accepted. And so there's some great resources out there because that that was an eight-week program. And every week it was dedicating a few hours to really look at different aspects of business, um, such as marketing, finance, uh, you know, just just trying to, again, learn just the same way of learning about dresses. This is a continual learning process. And then iFundWomen had a Caress Dreams Fund for women that helped us uh, put through a, a crowdsourcing campaign. And so, um, and it was really just looking at like, how can the community come together to support small business so that we can make um, investments in our business to grow, so. That yes. is just great. You talked about a scarcity mindset and, and kind of staying really positive and focused. What advice would you give to other entrepreneurs if they're trying to start something brand new, leaving a stable job and jumping into something that's somewhat uncertain? What advice would you give them to stay positive and focused and on, a, on an abundance mindset? Um, well, wow, that is a big question. <laughs> uh, there are... For me personally, I mean, I can only speak from experience is I think I really focused on um, I think one of the biggest lessons learned is that we really grow together via our community and our support system and the people around us. And I'm forever grateful. Right. I, I, do, I don't mean this from like a taking advantage standpoint. It's more of just recognizing that it really takes a village to grow a business and so I think I tried to lean in as much as and I tried to give back uh, and so it was like part of that is um, really not being afraid to ask for help and creating a good support system for yourself whether it be your significant other and those that are helping and working with you in your business um, for me too is uh, I mean just even recently I was listening to a, a different podcast and it was about how you know statistically we have a lot of negative thoughts and so really uh honing in I mean I am I do think some you know people have said that I can be quite optimistic and so really also embracing um the positivity and optimistic and not being maybe like over optimistic but recognizing that as you're growing your business and things are changing you're going to run into obstacles um, but kind of coming back to your question is, I would say, um, recognizing that there are so many different hats that you wear in your business and just being open to learning and trying to grow and being open to pivoting has been, I would say those three key aspects have been, uh, That's important. Re really great advice. Um, also, you give back. It's very important to you. Part of your value is to give back to the community. Tell, tell us about that. You give some of the proceeds of the sales yes. away. So I mentioned that I really wanted to make sure that Grace and Ivory is a social enterprise. And so um, a portion of our proceeds from dress sales is currently supporting. Uh, we make a donation to the Chicago uh, Foundation for Women. Um, because they are a great foundation supporting a lot of other small nonprofits. Um, and so our focus, too, is really advocating and supporting women's initiatives um, and 
we say that women with an X, like anyone who identifies, and we really want to be inclusive, but uh, giving back in different ways. So I do try to volunteer, like we volunteered at their luncheon last year, and just looking at um, how we can give back to the community. So it also is gives me, like this is my life purpose, is that I always... I know that whatever I do in life, I want to make sure that I'm contributing to community or our society globally in some way. And that was before it was working in the international nonprofits I was working in. Um, But in this transition is um, it gives me a great sense of purpose that as I grow Grace and Ivory, the more I can give back. And that's really important. I, I know um, you're you're building and expanding. What's your what do you think the future looks like for Grace and Ivory? What can we expect to see? We are working on some expansion plans for this year, and uh, just kind of part of it, of course, is taking a leap of faith, but also having a calculated approach. Um, we're looking at, like I mentioned, is uh, for our next. Um, set or collection. I was looking at creating some of those bridal separates. I was looking at creating uh, a short, a a shorty line I'm calling of short dresses. Uh, Also, we've realized that, you know, a lot of uh, moms want to, uh, you know, go a little bit bigger and go all out. So looking at building out a mother of the bride and groom line, um, focusing on their all will also be made to measure and customizable. And then within that, looking at expanding our space. Um, so we are, and, and then with that, like trying to get our word out there, uh, raising brand awareness. And so, yeah, that's what we're planning for the future. And then, like I said, as we grow, then hopefully we can look at some of our other social initiatives as well. I just love your logo. How did you design it? Oh, the logo. Um, so I actually crowdsourced my logo in a way as well. I had an idea for Grace and Ivory is like I really wanted to bring a strong logo to the brand but have a little bit of softness, which is mm-hmm. the signature for the GI in our uh, first logo. And so I worked with an artist to create a few different versions of that logo. And then I actually did polls on Facebook. Smart. And to really see, <laughs> yeah, what resonated with people. But So the community helped you pick. The community helped me pick. So clearly I draw a lot from the different communities in my life. But uh, they helped me pick. But I obviously would need to love it as well. That's great. Well, thank you for all your time today. If people want to find you, where what social media channels can they find you at? Well, we are on Instagram at Grace and Ivory Official, TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest under Grace and Ivory. And you can always check out our website at graceandivory.com. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you so much.